0: Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast, a show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league, but more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm not an expert, more of a fantasy coach, here to encourage you and help you win and find meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. I won't always be right, but I hope I'll be convincing. Today on the show, we've got a little bit shorter uh, version of the show. We're recording it earlier in the week. This is Thanksgiving week, and and so excited to be with you, and uh, we'll pack in a lot in in a short amount of time. But uh, looking forward to the Thursday night games, or Thursday all day, the Thanksgiving Day games. And I always love to have Detroit players or Cowboys players on my roster. It makes Thanksgiving more fun. But this year, and, and like some years we've had over the years, Uh, it's hard to have either team on your fantasy roster or players representing those teams because it it has been rough, especially for Detroit. I mean, they've got so many injuries that it's very frustrating. In one league, I actually have Kenny Galladay and DeAndre Swift, so I was without both of those guys this past week. I also started TJ Hawkinson, who still got the double-digit scoring, but uh, not what I had hoped. That was a a tough uh, shutout. As a Panthers fan, it was great. But the the Lions are, are hard to to trust at this point. And then with Dallas, what was that? Well, they beat the Vikings. Who the Vikings have been coming on, and I was impressed with Kirk Cousins. I actually started him this week because I I lost Drew Brees, and and so Adam Thielen was was awesome as well. I mean that catch that Thielen made. Are you kidding me? That was great. And the Ceedee Lamb catch for for the the Cowboys, but. To me, that game said a lot, especially for us as fantasy owners. Whoever won that game was going to have some major momentum and hope the rest of the way. The loser, especially if it was Dallas, it was like, uh oh, it's only going to get worse. And now with the Vikings, you're still so far. Now, it helped that the Packers lost. So, but they're still, I mean, they've got a lot of ground to make up. Um, But if they can get Kirk Cousins throwing the ball that way, Cook doing what he always does. And then now that Thielen's back in the mix, because there were a few weeks there where he was not in the mix, and so uh, so that that was uh, that was an important win for Dallas. But I think it was important with how well the Vikings played. So as concerned as I might have been if the Packers would have won, I'm still relatively hopeful that the Vikings will remain in the mix. Therefore, their fantasy players for us will will still be in the mix as well. But anyway, uh, Thanksgiving. The 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 first two games are a little rough, but the night game with the Ravens and the Steelers should be fantastic. And I was all in on the Steelers this year. Uh, Big Ben, my fantasy quarterback, had a decent game against the Jags, but but doing really well. Uh, Juju was a little bit of a disappointment, but but Claypool continues to be impressive. What a stud he is. Uh, receiver for the Steelers. All right. On today's show, we'll also do the, the Fantasy Football Fellowship playbook toward the end. Uh, today will be about our hope to make the playoffs. But we try to begin each show with, uh, now I've, I've already gotten going, but I, I like to hold myself accountable. You hold me accountable. The areas where I blew it. The areas where, man, I, I sure did whiff on my predictions. And I must begin with Taysom Hill and the New Orleans Saints. Last week on the show, I was all in on Jameis Winston, and I just thought that they brought him in to be the quarterback. And now come to find out there was some agreement for Taysom Hill to come back and re-sign with the Saints that he'd be given that opportunity to be a starter, and they lived up to it, and he lived up to the opportunity. He looked very good. Atlanta, you know, it's hard to make too much out of beating Atlanta, but I thought Taysom ran well, threw well, looked dynamic, and really allowed their offense to do more. And so from a fantasy perspective, let me just say this. It's absurd that he was able to to have the tight end designation, but if I was able to get him, I would have loved it. So I'm just bitter because I did not sign Taysom Hill in any league, and so I totally whiffed on it. We were celebrating Thanksgiving on Sunday, and going into the day of games, I was giving my one brother a hard time because he had Taysom Hill, and he was all excited about playing him in the tight end spot. Then I'm like, ah, oh, forget about it. He's not gonna do anything. They'll be putting in Jameis Winston. And I was wrong. So uh he ran the ball, got into the end zone, and and had some nice passes as well. Now, once he loses that tight end designation, he's not gonna be as valuable, but he's still he's still nice to have. If you if you've maybe lost, you know, Drew Brees or or some of these other quarterbacks that have been in and out of the lineup, you know, Teddy Bridgewater or guys like that, yeah, Taysom Hill is nice, especially when Players, uh, no, nobody's has a bye this week, which is nice with Thanksgiving week. But I think there's some spots where you play Hill and and you ride him out again this week as your quarterback, put him in the lineup, um, or you try to trade him. That that's probably what I would recommend. I would try to get somebody to get all excited about him. Whoever is the 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 most quarterback desperate. But anyway, I was wrong about Taysom Hill. Totally whiffed on that. That teaches me to go all in on Jameis Winston. What was I thinking? All right, the other guy I, I somewhat whiffed on, but I've been riding the, the roller coaster all year, is Ezekiel Elliott. Now, he finally got over 100 yards. I, I tried to trade him. I tried to just give him away. I didn't want him on my roster anymore, but I was stuck with him. I started him, and he produced fourth best running back this week. And the question continues to be, can he keep it up? Will the Cowboys stick to the run? Will they be in games where they can actually run? Are they going to be you know, down in games where they have to throw more and rely on Andy Dalton, and what will that mean? Like we saw on Sunday, Tony Pollard is great. He's a really good running back. So will they continue to use him more, and, and he'll steal carries from Zeke Elliott? So I'm not going to say that Zeke is off the trading block, but I'm glad I at least got some production out of him. I'm going to win that league with Zeke this week. So so that's very encouraging. Him and Thielen uh won that league for me. So that was that was huge, or at least the week. Hoping to win that league, that's for sure. Uh the other guy I whiffed on, Duke Johnson. Oh. Last week was a bust. This week, six and a half points. Houston can't run the ball because they got the nice big win. But, you know, they beat New England, uh, which you know, a decent win, I guess. But but impressive for Deshaun Watson. What a, what a game for him. He, had, he actually had a monster first half and cooled off a little bit in the second half. But it's not like they ran the ball with Duke Johnson. Well, even if they did, he didn't. He, he was unsuccessful. It was very, very ugly for Duke Johnson. So that was my big waiver wire pickup a couple weeks ago. And in one league, I have Duke Johnson and David Johnson. That's a nightmare. So that's not a good situation for me. Uh, so those are my, my areas that you can hold me accountable. My, my misses, my whiffs for the week. But here are a couple things I got right. Michael Pittman. Did you listen? Did you listen when I talked about Michael Pittman? This guy's a stud. 66 yards and a touchdown. But the Colts got away from the pass in the second half. They were running the ball. Jonathan Taylor looked good. But who's the weapon? Who's the receiver they're going to go to? It's Michael Pittman. Who's the talent? Michael Pittman. So he's a nice guy. If he still happens to be available on waivers, go get him. But, uh, but I'm very impressed with, with what he's already done and I think will continue to do for the Colts. Also, did you listen? Carlos Hyde. Oh, baby. Finally, we were able to put him in the lineup, and guess what I did? I went all in. All three leagues. Carlos Hyde was in my starting lineup, and he produced about 17 points in fantasy. Very, very nice. Now, Chris Carson returns, and it doesn't mean that I drop Hyde, but I probably won't start him unless, of course, Carson at the last second isn't as healthy as they hope he will be. So it gives me some options having Hyde still, you know, week in week out. You never know with injuries. You know what Hyde can do if called upon, if he becomes a starter again. And Carson is—he does have a history of issues with injuries. So I, I like Hyde, and um, I was thrilled to to get that get that produ- production out of him this past week on on Thursday night. Also, I got Le'Veon Bell off waivers. And it's interesting because I've seen some things that say, oh, Le'Veon Bell didn't look good uh, on Sunday night against the Raiders. Maybe I was watching a different game. I don't know. I saw Bell and I I liked what I saw. I thought he was running very confidently. I thought there was space for him to run. He was able to get into the end zone. He's not getting a ton of carries yet. This is a just in case Clyde Edwards-Alaire goes down. He's a rookie running back. Will he be able to last all the way to the till the end of the season? I'm I'm buying the fact that the Chiefs will have to rely on Le'Veon Bell at some point, and I'm I think we'll be very we'll be in good shape. We'll be very pleased with what Le'Veon can do if he's the starter, and and if he continues to get some more carries. So uh, at this point, I, I think you can you can say, hey, did you listen on that one? Because I at least got in the end zone this past week. And then one other running back that I talked about on the show, and I, I hate to do that with Christian McCaffrey. I sold him a few weeks ago to say, hey, don't get all excited about McCaffrey uh, or think that you know you go get him and try to you know trade for him so that you can have him for the playoff run in your fantasy league. I, I just don't see... He's had you know, the one injury, then another injury, and now it's week to week. Will the Panthers really bring him back? Is it really worth bringing him back? They want him 100% healthy. They're not fighting for the playoffs. There's not really a strong reason to put him out there. So... Fantasy owners, I think, are going to be very disappointed. And my guess is, if you own McCaffrey, in most cases, you're not going to make the playoffs anyway. Um, and so it's probably too late to, to trade him at this point. But um, I, I hate to say it, but yeah, he's just kind of that that one guy this year that he's just not going to win leagues. I won a league last year with him as my top pick, as my running back. He was awesome. That's just not the case this year. All right, let's do Peace or Panic and, and to kind of talk about some of the busts from this past week. How about Hayden Hurst getting zero? How about Marquise Brown? Zero. Jamison Crowder, 2.6. Julio Jones, 5.9. DeAndre Hopkins, only 10 points. Alvin Kamara, only 10 points. Of these guys, here's where I'm panicking. Atlanta. Oh, that passing game was dreadful. Now Julio seems banged up. I mean, Matt Ryan, I think he scored a point. It's not good. They're not running the ball real well. I'm still on that Brian Hill bandwagon. I'm going to stay on that one, but I'm off the girly bandwagon. Atlanta, that they struggled against a, a pretty tough New Orleans defense, but Hurst has not become the elite tight end that I had hoped he would be after we saw what Austin Hooper did in that offense last year. He's been a disappointment. Um, Marquise Brown with the Ravens. The Ravens just don't throw the ball enough or well enough, and Brown just isn't the guy. I mean, Des Bryant outscored him and and outproduced him uh, this past week. So Hollywood Brown, not not a great guy. I would not trust him in starting lineups by any means. You hate to drop him because there is talent there and he'll have a good week every once in a while. But man, it's hard to trust him. And then my guy, Jamison Crowder. He was in my starting lineup. Two point six for him. The The key is. Joe Flacco and him do not have the same connection as him and Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's supposed to return in Week 12. I'm going to be hesitant to put Crowder back in the starting lineup, but I'm definitely not dropping him. Let's see how if he's able to bounce back. So I've got peace for Crowder. Panic with Atlanta. Panic with Marquise Brown. I'll I'll say peace with Kamara because I still think the Saints will use him. They were trying to figure things out with Taysom Hill, but they'll get the ball to Kamara. He'll score. No worries there there's a little bit of panic with DeAndre Hopkins because Kyler Murray's banged up. He's got a shoulder injury and uh, that's concerning. So I, I don't know. I mean, they might have to rely on the run a little bit more and, and Hopkins, he, he's not lighting it up week in, week out. Like he's still probably the, I mean, I'd still rather have Devonte Adams. And that was my take before the year. Uh, I was convinced that, that Adams would be the top wide receiver. So I'm going to stick by that. So, I think if you're relying on Hopkins to win you your league, there'd be a little panic. There would be a little panic today, I must say. He's still awesome. We still love the Hail Mary that he got, but uh, Thursday night, only 10 points, and and now Murray's banged up. All right, here's what I'm convinced of this week. I've got three for you. I'm convinced Corey Davis from the Tennessee Titans is the most underrated fantasy wide receiver this year. He's had double-digit fantasy points in all but one game he's played this year. How about that? He had a, he had a goose egg, which was very uh, upsetting. But he continues to be available in waiver wires. I, I saw ESPN included him in their waiver wire list again, and it's crazy because he he's you know AJ Brown's the the wide receiver one in Tennessee, but he's right there, and there's a, there's enough volume, even though they run the ball with Henry. The offense is strong with Tannehill. They had a couple down weeks. I think the rest of the way they got some good matchups in Davis. I think you can trust him as a, a wide receiver two in deeper leagues, but a wide receiver three uh, across the board or flex guy. Uh, man, he's he's underrated and, and very consistent. He may not score 30 for you, but he'll get you 15 pretty easily and pretty consistently, which is nice. Uh, I'm convinced it's time to give up on Joe Mixon and basically all of the Bengals. They're done. The Bengals are done. Joe Burrow was a great addition to that offense, had a wonderful rookie season. He's out. That means everybody else is out. I've got Tyler Boyd. That means he's not really going to be a starter anymore for me, um, which is a bummer. I own Joe Mixon in two leagues. I'm probably going to release him. I don't know, maybe try to trade him if somebody was silly enough to trade for him. But, yeah, I mean, I, and, and it's kind of to the point of Christian McCaffrey. Why bring Joe Mixon back? You're paying him big money. And you might as well maximize him next year coming back with Joe Burrow. At this point, he continues to be injured. I just don't know why the Bengals would bring him back. And, and so for fantasy purposes, too risky. Uh, very, very disappointing for sure. Because I had high hopes for him this year and uh, he has let us down, no question about it. All right, here's my last one. I'm convinced that rookies are going to win and lose fantasy leagues this year. And that scares me deeply. Because we don't know how rookies perform at the end of the year, how many of these guys, like James Robinson, for instance, who I've loved, who I've who's carried my team this year, how much more does he have left? Clyde edwards hilaire how much does he have left? Uh, you know, I'm on Michael Pittman; he's kind of come on midway through the season, so I've got a little bit more hope for him. Chase Claypool, I feel good about him in the Steelers' offense, and um, you know, Juju's kind of taking a step back. I think he might even be a little banged up, so I feel good about him. But Justin Jefferson, he looked really good with Minnesota. Now Phelan's taken over as, as the main guy. But can we trust that, that Kirk Cousins is going to throw the ball uh, as much as he has in recent weeks uh, for there to be enough production for Justin Jefferson? Because he was you know, really lighting it up, uh, I guess, midway through the season. And so now you've got you know, Jonathan Taylor. Can we trust him down the stretch? But if you got him, you're going to start him, and he could end up winning leagues. If, you, if you've got Jonathan Taylor, he might win the league for you. If you've got J.K. Dobbins, who played well this past week, and it doesn't seem like Ingram's going to be the guy in Baltimore, so now Dobbins seems to have the Rona, or at least is on the list uh, coming to contact or whatever. So he might not play Thursday night. Down the stretch, J.K. Dobbins, he might he might win a league for people, and so it just scares me because going into this season, I just I didn't know who to trust. I didn't know if I could trust rookies without training camp and all that, but we've seen a lot of good rookies play well. Uh, What about Justin Herbert, who's been unbelievable? First rookie quarterback to start off uh, or to have a a streak of seven games with two-plus touchdowns. I mean, he's been a fantasy giant at the quarterback position, but can you trust him in the fantasy playoffs? It really makes me nervous. So I would prefer to have the veterans, but I'm intrigued by J.K. Dobbins, for instance. I might trade for him. Uh, there are some rookies, like even Cam Akers with L.A. We'll see, I'm, I'm recording this before Monday night, that maybe he's somebody that emerges down the stretch and is the best running back in that nightmare of a committee. So it's just going to win or lose, win or lose for a lot of teams this year with the rookies. And, and again, that that scares me. It really does. So let me know what rookies you're, uh, you trust, which rookies make you nervous. You can send me an email, Bryce, at com. Let me leave you with this. We'll go into the Fantasy Football Fellowship playbook. You can order your book on fantasyfootballfellowship.com. This week's title, Hope to Make the Playoffs. And these next couple of weeks, it'll be, uh, you know, many many fantasy owners will either decide to have hope to make the playoffs, continue to fight the waiver wire, continue to, you know, be positive about their team, or some teams will go, you know what, my team stinks, I'm going to lose, I'm out. And they're almost going to, like we talked about last week, they're going to give up a little bit, even though their team is actually in playoff contention. They're just not going to have the same attitude as some owners. And you know these guys in your league. Some guys are maybe overconfident, or they believe that certain guys are still going to pop. Like they're hanging on to Cam Akers that he is going to pop. And so they have hope that, all right, he's going to be the key to get me over the hump. And maybe you're sitting you know, right around 500, and only six teams make the league. You're in seventh right now, but you still have hope to make the playoffs. And so the the reality is that not everyone is going to make it into the playoffs, right? Hope alone doesn't put stats next to your lineup. But it does greatly affect our approach and mindset and really how much we enjoy the last couple of games in the fantasy regular season. Because if we're negative, we're miserable, and it's not as fun to, to play fantasy football or to watch games. Now, in life... It's difficult to have hope when our circumstances seem impossible to overcome. You know, Trying to remain positive when time appears to be running out for our prayer to be answered is very challenging. However, when we put our faith in God, there are tremendous promises available to us that provide a deep-rooted hope. Even when something appears impossible and our world is crashing in all around us, we can always cling to the truth that God is our provider, deliverer, redeemer, and restorer. That's where our hope comes from. And so we can believe in his ability and his power to come through and make anything possible. In Romans, it says in the Bible, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. That's actually the verse we're using this year for our Christmas card. Um, but, and, and then again, in Hebrews, it says, Hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And so as followers of Jesus, we live with an eternally focused hope versus a fleeting and circumstantial hope. So we don't place our hope in people or circumstances. We place our hope in God. And and so we, we not only have hope that God answers our prayers and is able to fix our problems, but we have hope that he answers in a way that fits his purposes. So that's the hope that we cling to. And so faith and maturity get us to the point, this point, and also it allows us to continue in hope when things maybe don't turn out exactly how we want them to. So even, even in the midst of disappointment, we continue to have hope. And so for a fantasy owner, you might not even make the playoffs this year, but you continue to have hope that, hey, I'll bounce back. Next year will be my year versus the guy that just is negative and miserable and, and gives up. And so we have this choice every day in fantasy and life, uh, what our approach will be. And, and, and if we choose to live optimistic and hopeful, positive lives because we are rooted because our hope is rooted in Jesus, and so from a life perspective, that's that's what that's what matters. In fantasy, I don't know where our hope comes from. Sometimes it's delusional, um, but still, we want to have hope in fantasy as well. Uh, it just makes it more enjoyable. But but let's be encouraged that that lasting and genuine hope is made possible through the redeeming work of Jesus, and God is able to provide whatever we need. And His power continues to amaze us as we trust in Him. So that's my encouragement for us today. Man, I love fantasy football, but uh, but my hope comes from the Lord, that's for sure. So have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thanks so much for listening. Our our listenership is is really going up for this podcast. And so I really appreciate your support. Would love to hear from you. Let me know uh, you know, how we can make this podcast even better, what players you want me to talk about, what information you want to know. Uh would love to hear from you. Fantasy at Have a great Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you next week. Have a wonderful week. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast.